What up, Fatherhoods Nation? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. They've got ill creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Not only that, but Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and all that. You can make a little paper from your podcast too with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one spot. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. This is KGB. What up, is DJ EFN. Yo, and this is your man, Manny Digital. Welcome to the Fatherhoods Podcast. Beats, rhymes, and diamonds. Ready to go? Yes, sir. All right, let's go. Today we got the homie, actually a recent guest on Drink Champs. You might know him from Cinematic Music Group, The Smokers Club. He's a highly respected MC. But truthfully, all that matters on this podcast is that he's a father. Please welcome Smoke Dizzard to the Fatherhoods Podcast, y'all. Yeah. What up, what up, what up, y'all? What's going on, dude? Thanks for joining us. All right. Thanks. Thanks, man. Manny, Manny got a kick out of the way fatherhoods came up on Drink Champs. Yeah, that shit was, uh, it was hilarious. It was organic because um, I already knew you guys was doing this and I was I was just like, wow, like, it's really a podcast for, for fathers to really have that conversation. So, yeah. Already- I was going to schmooze my way up here regardless. <laughs> it was, no, that was dope the way you brought it up. It was funny the way you brought it because you I think you just took a pull from the L and then you was like yo you gotta get me on matter of fact let me see I, I might even have a clip hold up hold up I might even have a clip the first time we pull up a clip on fatherhood oh. <laughs> he's gonna take a while right oh, I got two right now two girls and I, no no I got a boy and a girl no 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 hold on he goes in it he opens the door he's out the door this is the PP see I, I, I fucked it up I fucked it up definitely not a good producer yeah that's why that's why they don't pay me them bucks but but just for any any of the listeners that didn't hear it, it, Nori took a piss break, which usually takes him two point five seconds. Like I'm telling you, I don't know what he's doing. I, it can't be a piss. But anyway, <laughs> he I'm telling them the the funniness about how he's gonna come right back, and then he just bust out with you know about that follow his podcast. You know I'm like oh, and I like it was like squirrel, like oh shit, you want to be on it? Yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> right. Hold on, let me let me try one more time. Let me try one more time. Oh, God. Otherwise you can yo you gonna bash me anyway. Let me just give it a shot. Hold on, bitch. Go ahead. Oh, you gonna be on it? I need to. All right, let's uh, say no more. Uh, Hovain too. Yeah, let's do it. Yo, Hovain <laughs> didn't know. What he was getting pulled. Got called blindside. Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> Is he even a father? He's a father, right? Yeah, yeah. He got he got a couple. Oh, kids. I got I got to bring him on. Let me find out. He was just a godfather. Like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm on. I'm on. <laughs> yeah, he got two girls. He in the game. Uh, so 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 tell us your your family dynamic. Uh. You know how many kids and 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 what's going on in the family? Like, just that's we try to get the, you know, understanding of what your family dynamic is. Okay, well, I got um, I have twins and a sixteen-year-old. My twins is boy and girl, um, uh, paternal. Um, they're twelve. Uh, a handful. Wait, you you said fraternal, fraternal twins? Got it. Okay. Um and my son is 16 and he's in that that space like the weird teenage space. Now you could say it what you said on the podcast was like he out there fucking. Yeah, he out there fucking and doing all types of I didn't know how PG this was. Nah, nah, I, nah. <laughs> oh no, you could talk it all. Yeah. So yeah, you know he out here fucking and smoking hookah. <laughs> smoking hookah. He's Dominican? <laughs> <laughs> Your son Dominican? Huh? You said no, Dominican with the hookah? Friends, man. He got Dominican and, and Puerto Rican friends, man. So, you know, and I, I'm sure he's uh, probably dabbling in weed, too. You know, because it's funny when I was telling him about the hookah thing, he was like, well, you smoke weed. And I was like, well, nobody ever died of weed. And I don't know if that was the right thing. Right. I should have been like, it doesn't matter what I do, but I just got caught up in this defense. But um, I might have not gave him the right advice with that <laughs> It wasn't the right advice, but I might have prompted him. That's probably what he wanted. I knew I was going to say that. Mm. But, um, yeah, you know, he's he's figuring life out. And 
I, I allow him to, to try to figure it out as much as he can without really destroying himself. So I, I ride him when it comes to academic shit and, you know, doing the right thing. But as far as what he wants to do, I feel like he's going to do what he wants to do regardless, or he's going to attempt to do it. So the best thing for me to do is to let him know it's not okay, but also encourage him to do the right thing at the same time. You know what I mean? Because he's going to make the mistakes as it is. It doesn't matter as a father, I can talk until I'm blue in the face, but you know, sometimes you got to touch the fire to know if it's really hot. So I, I'm the, I'm the parent that, you know, my wife, he's on, she's, she's on his, on his head on a whole nother level, Mm. you know, but me, I try not to, to force myself to force my will on him because I want him to come back and tell me the truth. So at least if we have that relationship where it's transparent, and, you know, I call him on his bullshit all the time because he might think he could slide it past his mom. But me, you know, I'm I'm more savvy than his mom when it comes to certain shit. And I was 16 before. Right. And I know what 16 year olds are doing now. So I always call him out in his bullshit to where he knows, like, OK, my dad, I can't I can't lie to him because he's going to see right through it. So I might as well tell him the truth and let's see how we can work through this. So that's how our dynamic is. Um my my twins, my daughter is, you know, she's she's the boss. I feel like she runs the whole show. <laughs> she she plays both sides of the fence. She's definitely my kid because you know she doesn't want to be a rat, but if <laughs> but, but if I press her and I'm you know and she knows she's about to get into it, she'll spill the beans on her brothers, but she try to ride out as much as she can. But she's manipulative, like she'll she'll manipulate the shit out of me and her mother, but that's and, and you know it, and you and know, know right. Doing. I know she's doing it, but I also know that you know she mean well. Like she don't want to throw him under the bus, but at the same time, it could possibly happen. And my son, he's he's a star for me because um, you know he he's a unique kid because for one, he's mildly autistic, you know. So um, the mechanics that my oldest and my daughter has. He has it, but he's not as savvy as they might be, you know, when it comes to functioning amongst kids their age. Mm, all right. He, his humor is like, it's on some other shit. Like he watches Robot Chicken and yeah. <laughs> he's like, he's infatuated with the way things are made. So if he likes something, he'll really do his research and find out what year it came about and who's the writer and who's the director. Like he loves Seth Green because of Robot Chicken. Wow. Right. He got into Happy Days to the Fonz because <laughs> so he's like this n- nostalgic little kid that's into all the shit that I grew up watching. And, huh. and that's where we link because for me, my thing was wrestling. Like I'm overly over on wrestling. Right. And his thing was Spider Man. Spider Man is Hulk Hogan. How is Hulk Hogan to me? Is Spider Man right. to him? And he's just you know he make his own action figures. I take him to the toy store, spend hundreds of dollars on toys. He'll tear them apart, make his own, convert mm. his own action figures, and do his own thing. And he's just like full of life so he keeps me super busy as far as you know just treating him as normal as I would treat the other kids it probably a little more harder than I might treat the other kids just because I I don't let the autism spill take over his whole world and give him a pass Mm, that was going to be a question I had because not not being in that situation so I have three kids uh two boy two girls and a boy and I could, so just you know kids without autism uh, or anything I guess noticeable you know going on with them outside of being you know your traditional kid it's it's difficult for me to balance like you know you don't have your favorite kid but you kind of lean one way or another sometimes so it's it's difficult from that perspective right like in the, in the case of your son having mild autism I couldn't help if I'm in your shoes I probably couldn't help but favor them outwardly right like ha- it'll be a problem because i think the other two will be like yo what the fuck right and i think you know naturally kids is always going to have that 
that competitive spirit with, with parents, right? So I feel like at the early stage, me and my daughter was, was super daddy daughter. And she really, she would probably, she listened to me and her mom, but it would be more so she cared about me a little more, right? And throughout the years, you know, with her mom just really making that mommy-daughter time with them going to get their nails done and just doing girl shit and her getting a period and all of this <laughs> shit that I don't even really... You can't say it around Manny. He He's dealing with Flips that. Don't, not dealing with it at the same time. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm better. better. I'm, I'm a reformed, I'm a reformed period guy. I had to give it a whole blind eye, like not really pay attention to it, <laughs> but I know it exists. You know, the real bond got a little tighter. Um, my oldest, I think with him acting out and me not drilling him the way everybody else drilled him and really like came at him from a different perspective, I think that made our bond a little tighter to where he might favor me a little more at times when it comes to listening. And then my youngest, um, the, the the baby boy, like he, that's that's my boy. You know what I mean? So he just... He knows what time it is. He know that I'm going to bail him out every mm. time he gets into some shit. And his mother hates that because it is be like, I'm going to call my dad. Right. <laughs> so it's like, I have my favorites every, every three months in my switch up. Right. Mm. I might have a favorite of these, of these last three months that, okay, I know this is, I can go to her. Or I know, you know, I might go to my oldest, but my baby boy, you know, he, he's always my favorite. But like like you said, it's hard to not give him that outpouring love, just knowing that you know the world is gonna be a little tougher for him. Yeah, than the other two, you know. So you gotta. It's the love starts from home. That's the core. That's the foundation. So you know, I equally give them all the love, and you know, it's I don't do more for one than I do for the other. Like they, right. I spoil them all. But you know, when it comes to that. That extra, yeah, come on, that, that protection, right? He already know what time it is. Like he, he, he's the one that'll push you to cry in a moment. The other two, it'll be a little harder. All the time, yeah. He know how to pull my heartstrings. He know what to do. So going, going back to the just mild autism, what tipped you guys off in terms of finding that out or going down that route to investigate? Well, I'm not gonna lie. For me, and this caused the wedge between me and my wife at the time because I didn't want to accept it. So I was kind I wasn't hands-on as she was with the whole process of um getting him evaluated and you know afterwards doing the OT and the speech and you know having somebody there with him like three times a week going through it. And I really was like, it was hard for me to accept. You know, because it was more so like, first it started with, with why me, and then it went to why you, right? So it took me a whole, it took me a long time to really grasp what was going on and, and embrace it and even be able to speak about it. Right. Because for a lot of people that don't understand what that is, it's embarrassing, mm. right? But when you really understand and you know that this is a common thing and it doesn't make them odd and it was special in a way that we grew up knowing what special meant, you know, it really makes them unique in their own way. Like they have certain things that they zero in on that they're great at, that that they're greater than somebody that's that's functioning normally, quote unquote, to the standard of normal. So, um, you know, we, we found out when he was two because, um, uh, my wife was really, uh, you know, she she saw it before I saw it, and she she will always say it's, it's something with his eyes, and I never, I never seen it because mm-hmm. I, again, I was blind to the whole thing, and I was just thinking, you know, well, he's two, like you know, right. give him some time, and she was like, no, like I, I, like look at Chloe, like I I know with this, like she's responding way differently than he's responding, and he can't articulate himself or even say what's wrong. Right. So, you know, let's just get him evaluated and let's see. And, um, you know, she, I give her all the praise and credit because she 
she really manned that ship and really got him on on the right direction for where he needs to go, where his trajectory is is pretty high for a kid his age with autism. So, you know, I, I give her all the praise with that. But um, we found out what she was too, and I was really uh, I didn't want to accept it. Yeah. How do you? What is the evaluation, and how do they rate the spectrum? Um. Well, they they rate the spectrum on I I think what they what they answer to like I I forgot what how how it went because like I said I didn't really deal with that whole process hmm. um when they diagnosed him with it and they started to do the speech therapy and the, and the OT and all that other stuff that came with it you know we we got to see it a little better for what it is um thank God you know he could read write count do math, you know, and, and all the regular things that any other kid could do. But, you know, he, do, he does it at his own speed and he has to he has to be interested in it, too. So it, it can't be like <clears throat> it actually pushes the teachers and pushes us at home to to make it interesting for him and to find different ways to teach him the standard way of learning you know, that they have in these curriculums that, you know, they don't even really work out for regular kids at times. So um, it just pushes us to, to teach them more at home, really. When when you think back at, you know, the three at the same age, do you now see the difference between the three of them and, and, and what it meant, what it means for him to be on the spectrum? Um. Like the difference between their personalities. Yeah, yeah. Like, and and the fact, like you said, you were in denial at first, and you were just like, he's two years old. Like right now, I have a two-year-old daughter, and sometimes my girl will will oh, be sorry, worried. Guys. She'll be like, oh, you know, because we we have friends that have kids that have autism and all that. She'll be like, you know, my girl's always reading blogs and different things, and she's like, well, you know, this is a, this could be a sign of this, and she's always looking out for these things. Hmm. So I'm just like, well, she's a, I'm like you. I'm like, she's a normal two-year-old to me. So now you have multiple kids. I have a, a three-month-old, so I can't compare it. What Do you see now the difference looking back? Big difference. Yeah? Big, big difference with, with, with how things went. Um, especially with, you know, how, how he answers to certain things or like between how my daughter would respond to certain things. So you get to see that when they get older, too, as far as, you know, their structure and their style and getting things done. Like like my daughter, she when she's on her Zoom lessons and she's doing what she does, she knows she's crafty. So, I mean, they're all crafty and they all do sneaky shit to the kids. But my daughter has a crafty way of doing what she needs to do and doing what she wants to do. Where my son, he has his crafty way with him too, but he's so innocent that he'll do it right in front of you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's the difference. Like, and he has his crafty shit where you know he might do some shit and get away. Like, and you might not, you know, you might not know he did it, but with him, he's so honest that he'll tell on himself mm-hmm. and just be like, I'm sorry. Like, I, I did it, I'm sorry. You know, he feel like sorry will fix everything. So that's his that's his get out of jail free card. Like, okay, I did it. I'm sorry. What's next? Right now, I don't know what comes with consequences. Right. So not gonna do it. Or if she does it, she's gonna find a way to get away with it. So that's how you see the difference with the whole structure with how things get done. Now, yeah, that's in a mischievous way, and I'm sure it's different ways, positive ways that they do that too, or how they see it. But that's the way I seen it. You, man, you were saying something? Uh, no, I was gonna say, um, when when you think so, like, do do you find your your son, your twin son, um, do you find him to have like moments of genius? Because I find like, oh, I hear this. My my mom used to she used to be a like an assistant teacher in the Bronx, and she taught like kids with autism was a big, you know, group of of kids that she ended up working with. And she would say all the time, like, people mistake these kids as having, I mean, they they have issues when you compare them to, like, what we would consider, I guess, normal people. But they have a lot of brilliance that is mistaken 
a lot of times, right? Um, do you find that to be the case with your son? Absolutely. He uses the computer probably better than me. Um, like I said, the kid will configure his own toys. Yeah, that's crazy. He up all these vintage action figures that I didn't even know existed. You know, like, um, what's this action figure? The Mego action figures. So there's, when I was in Japan, he had me on a hunt for these Mego figures. <laughs> in Japan, Dad, they have these Mego action figures. It's a Spider-Man Mego <laughs> action figure that has his legs, has articulation. That means I can bend his legs and X, Y, Z. He had me all through Shibuya looking for these figures, which I found like five of them, real ones. And he broke them apart and put them together on different pieces, all this extra shit. But he is a genius when it comes to tech shit and actually putting things together, like making toys out of pipe cleaners. Like that's that's his thing. He'll make some Marvel action figures, the colors, like the color of Venom, the color of Spider-Man, the color wow. of and make them in the action figures. E, I'm gonna send you a picture. Yeah. Can you can you just send me one of the figures? Like I want that. <laughs> I'll send you one of the figures. I'll make him make one. I'll put you it, should start I'll a put toy company here. with him, man. Yeah. I'll put it right next to Prince Akeem, son. Uh, <laughs> all right. That's hard. That's hard. I got you. I got you. I'm gonna make it. That's some that's some real dope shit though. Like I um like you you started to glow uh when you was talking about it because like yeah, that, it. that's some pride shit right there. Yeah, nah, that shit makes me happy because I I'll be like, wow, like he really takes his time to do this shit. He does it so fast too, because it's like it, he took his time to learn it. And then the fact that you know he's actually executing the shit that he learned. I'm just impressed. You know what I mean? And it saves, it doesn't save me no money. Because <laughs> I feel like he got every toy that he ever wanted, which is a good thing. Cause I try to give my kids everything I never had, even though I wasn't a deprived kid, but um, my parents was Islanders and they gave me what I needed yeah. and not what I wanted. And then I, you know, sometimes I would get what I want, which would be one time of the year, which is Christmas. And they let me know that that wasn't from Santa Claus. That was from us. You know, so I had to put my shit together. Oh, no, two times. Income tax time. <laughs> I used to press them. Like, I know it was wrong. And I knew it was from a young age. And, you know, they take care of me income tax time. So Easter time, I was good money. And then Christmas time, you know, I would get whatever I wanted. But with my kids, every day is Easter. Every day is Christmas. You know, I, I overcompensate doing things for them to, to make up for the time where I'm not there because I, I spend a lot of, a lot of time away from them. And, um, you know, it doesn't really work out for me on the other side of things, which I've been in the doghouse for like a year and a half from being smoked as a doghouse, which doesn't mean, um, infidelity or domestic abuse. Right. <laughs> Right. But I've been in the doghouse for non-communication and, and living the life of smoke desert, right. which is in the house. And I'm not uh I'm not present at baby showers or kid parties outside of my children. So um, you know, it, it's a it's a it's a battle. And I've on top of other things, right? But you know, the communication is a big base. So I overcompensate because my kids shouldn't be the the victim of what me and their mother is going through, you know. So if if I can't extend my time, then I will overcompensate and give them whatever the world desires that they want, you know. Right. So how how visible do you make the life of smoke desert to your kids? And far as smoking goes i mean i know your, your oldest knows you do it but i mean how how visible is that in, in in their eyes it's not visible at all i've never smoked in front of in front of my twins i've smoked in front of my oldest because um i had a i had a good man-to-man conversation with him at one point when he thought he could run away from home and i had to be the savior for the situation oh and shit I had, him, I had him i had a show now my son is six five. 
Does he hoop? He hoops. Okay, good. Um, I hate wasted height. That shit. That shit's no go. Six five. He's sixteen. So he's taller than me. Um, lanky kid. And um, if if he's with me, he can get in anywhere without an ID. Hmm. So I don't even want to get these the spot in trouble. I don't even know right. why I need that much of it. <laughs> but it doesn't matter because I'm smoked this one. Right, so, right. <laughs> so um, so I had a show in the city, um, with a big crit. And um, I had him meet me at the show or whatever. And um, obviously, I'm dad because we're in the dressing room, but I'm still smoke dizzle because I'm at work. So um, that was where I didn't hide the fact that I, he, every, they all know because YouTube, I can't hide the right. fact that I smoke dizzle because my kids look me up. They all have iPhones. They all know what's going on. And if they don't, they're friends. What was going on, and you know, my daughter hates the fact that I'm smoked as it weirds her out when her friends are excited about me. <laughs> it's, just it's just my dad, like, she doesn't like it. Um, or at least I don't feel like she likes it. My oldest, he loves it, he baskets in the whole shit. Right. I'm, I'm pretty sure he uses that as a cool fact in school, but um, I don't smoke in front of them, but I'm pretty sure they know who I am. Um, and that's not something that I ever did in the crib with them. You know, like I said, they could only watch it on the internet. Mm-hmm. And I can't stop that, you know, so. so. Going back to your oldest, you had mentioned about the hookah, but then you thought maybe he might be smoking something. I mean, if he came to you and said, Dad, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm smoking weed now on a regular, how would you feel about that? I wouldn't like it. I wouldn't like it. Because um, you can't support your own habit. Mm. and That's real. You can't support your own habit. That means you're going to steal. You're going to be smoking with any and everybody. And that's not a good thing. And, you, and you're an athlete. Like you, wanna, you want to do different things. So that's not something I would coach or encourage. Or I even think it's cool for him. Now, like I said, you know, when you're a kid, it's certain things you're not going to do because you know that's not like that's not for me, right? But then there's certain things you might be in the gray about that you you might tamper with to see if it works for you. And sometimes you do it so early that you don't want to do it anymore. So hopefully this is a phase that he just grows out of. You know what I mean? Because that shit happens. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't like it. I know he does smoke weed because he tried to steal my weed one day and I, caught, <laughs> oh, and I shit. put it down on purpose. And, you set um, him up. Set him up, and he it didn't even let it didn't even take ten minutes for it to go down. Mm. So disgusted, you know what I mean? And I caught him right red handed, so it was a nothing he could do, it was a nothing he could take. So I know if he's not smoking weed, his friends are smoking weed, and he's in the vicinity of that. But I'm pretty sure he's smoking weed. Mm. Ba- uh, the, my my son, the baby, he called me. I want to say like three days ago to tell on my oldest, like Daddy smoking hookah, I smell it. Coughing, I don't like it, you know. So they know what time it is. Like these kids is kids that's living in the 2020 era with fucking iPhones. Right. So it's no, you can't get them, you can't really get them away from shit. Even if you block the apps, they're gonna find a way to get into it. Do you monitor their phones at all? Do you ever go in and check what they're doing? My wife does. Yeah. <laughs> she seems on point, man. <laughs> Who's the Wicked Witch of the East? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, we're going to have to edit that out because we don't need you further in the doghouse. Yeah, we don't want to cause any problems at the crib. I mean, I'm already in. I'm already <laughs> in. Double yeah. down. I'm already in. You know I mean? Right now, I'm in my man cave. I had my own separate man cave in my doghouse. <laughs> Out of the house. I'm not even in the back of the house no more. I got a doghouse in the street somewhere. Oh, shit. So that's, that's where I'm at. So fuck it. Be down to be down. That's definitely. Yo, that's let, what, let, 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 let me ask you a question. Because in the last episode we recorded, um, I had shared with the with the bros here. My seven-year-old son had like a, an anonymous um, crush. Like, you know, wrote him a letter and dropped it off at our neighbors because they didn't know where we lived. And then a neighbor brought it over, right? So I had asked, like, facetiously, like, yo, if it was if it was your daughter, 
right? Like, how'd you feel? Because I know you said your son is is out there touching things, right? If that was your daughter in the same shoes as your son, how'd you feel? I wouldn't like it. <laughs> I wouldn't like it. Like you, you, know, you okay with your son, right? I, I assume. Okay with that, but at the end of the day, I know. I mean, shit. He's sixteen. You know what I mean? Like, I girls are in his high school. He don't go to all boys school. Mm. You know, so I, I know, and you know, the kids are handsome kid. So I, I, I know he's gonna dibble and dabble. I, I encourage him to, to protect himself, and to not be an idiot. But um, you know, you, you, you give your boys a little more leeway than yeah. you give you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? You know, I'm not going to coach my daughter to be like my sons. That's not something that, that's not something I agree with. That's not something I will ever agree with. Or I don't even like the fact that my child might have um, male friends in her class. I don't like it. That's the guy needs in you. I want to send her to an all girl. <laughs> that's the guy needs in you right there. Like, <laughs> Like it, man. That shit grinds my gears, bro. Like, <laughs> I'm like thinking about it. Like, cause you know, the kids now they have like, like how we're on Zoom, they're on Zoom, right? You have like the group chat or whatever that shit is that they be on the phone. Yeah. Like six of them or ten of them at a time, and it's girls and guys, and I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't like it. It bothers me. <laughs> and, you know, I know, I know they're gonna keep that type of shit away from me because they know how you gonna get. I am. I get really irritated for shit that I don't feel like is is necessary for a twelve year old, um, especially my twelve year old. But know, like, so. but like you, I I know you know you're probably too far to one side on the topic when it comes to your daughter. I know I know you wise enough to understand it. It doesn't change how you feel, but you you're you know, you're cognizant of that. But when your daughter comes to you and she's like, "Yo, I I got a crush or like I want to date this dude." Eventually it's going to happen. I don't know what age. I don't think 12 should be it, but you know what I mean? Are you are you going to be combative? Or you think you're gonna be like, like actually try to listen to her? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He really upset. He's thinking, where can I? What boarding school can I send? <laughs> yo, if we're in the same room, he's gonna be like, yo, son, that wasn't that wasn't cool. <laughs> yo, he had to light up. I don't know what I was. I don't know. And I like to listen to my kids because. You know, I want them to talk to me and I don't want them to feel like they can't. Right. Um, I will hear how I, I, I feel like she would, um, I feel like she would have good mm. how she's raised. Um, but I wouldn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the next, that's the next single. I, I wouldn't like I wouldn't it. Like it. <laughs> I wouldn't like it. <laughs> Cause you know it's. Yeah, I know. Trust me, I know. I got two girls. I understand. <laughs> and I got too far to go. I don't even want to think about it. So wait, it. You good? At, at just, twelve. You know, at twelve, I want you to focus on all your academic heights that you could reach. You know, really think about what you want to do in high school and what high school you want to go to, and you know, technically, what college you want to go to. Because I feel like. At this age, between 12 and 13, I feel like that's when you decide in your mind what you want to do in your life, like as far as what way you want to go. I feel like 12 or 13, and this is me, and this is not, you know, like I'm not, <clears throat> this would be funny because my wife hates this shit. I'm not the <laughs> traditional father, right? Because um, it's certain shit that I can understand that my dad or my granddad might not understand. And that's because of the times that we live in and because 
I'm an artist and I live a whole nother life. So I have a whole nother perspective when it comes to parenthood. Um, clearly, I'm not letting my kids smoke weed or disrespect or do any of the, any of the things that, you know, a normal man shouldn't allow their kids to do. Mm-hmm. But like, for instance, it's funny you said, you know, my son is, you know, I, I said he's fucking and all that type of right. shit. He felt like he made a mistake one day. And um, and he called me and he said, Dad, I messed up. I'm I'm able to to not freak out and and give him intervention and and hope that he learned from this situation from the first time from the first initial conversation where I scared the shit out of him. Yeah, scared straight shit. That he wouldn't do it again. Mm, right. So I mean, that's what you know. I feel like that's what doesn't make me a traditional dad. Um, that's definitely non-traditional thinking for sure. Definitely non-traditional, but um, you know. I just want to be the dad that my kids could always come to. You know what I mean? Like I, I always want to be open with them, as transparent as possible. And you know, I I want them to think about the real shit in this world. You know what I mean? Like generational wealth. That's I always preach to their mom, and you know, I try to ease it to them as far as what I'm doing and shit for when it even comes to owning your shit and working for yourself and doing the correct business to where people in your bloodline can eat after you. Mm-hmm. Like these projects that we looking at behind me, this could possibly put my kids through school. I own these. I can pass some shits down as I please. So, you know, me not being physically around all the time, you know, I'm still leaving shit for them to to prosper off when I'm done with this shit or when they come of age that they need to do something. You know what I mean? It's it's it can be done. So hmm. that's what's going on. Did you always like cause what age did you have your son, your first son? Um fuck. I'm 36. He's 16. 20. 20. Okay, so that isn't... Well, it is pretty young. Mm-hmm. It's terrible when we when you think that's not that young because we all, like, you we know, know people all my friends early and all teens. my peoples had, the, you know, from when we was in school and shit. But it is young, actually. And did you... Were you thinking like that already at that age? Like, the, the, the idea of generational wealth and how you were going to be a parent? Everything was a learning process. You know, what I mean, like, you know, living, I learned a lot and, and just going through different things and, and getting being in certain situations where, you know, you don't see the light at the end of the tunnel right away. And and feeling for the walls and getting out, you kind of, you know, you come up with different ideas and different perspective with why you doing what you're doing. You know, at one point I was making music just for me. Right. You know, so once I had children me went out the way you know obviously um selfishly as the head of the household even though you're you're sacrificing and doing for everyone else you have to put you first right because if you're not good nobody's good yep right so selfishly um i put me first with my time as far as you know i if I, if I'm not good and I'm not doing something to make sure they're good, then this shit is going to crash. Mm-hmm. So I have to have some type of footing to where, okay, this is the foundation. This is what's going on. And I know I'm doing this for them technically all the way through. And I might make little sacrifices. Um, But, you know, this is all for them. You know what I mean? Like, so putting putting it's them first all the time, but obviously you have to care about you. You have to make sure you're good mentally, yeah. physically, right. spiritually. You know what I mean? Like that's things that they don't teach us when it comes to being a parent. You know, there's no manual and no fucking guide that that they have that's like, okay, 
this is how you this is how you be a parent. We learn from the structures we had. Now my structure is way different than what I had growing up. You know, my my mom and my dad, they still together, been together for 38 years. Um, well, been married for 38 years together for God knows how long. Um, and I watched my dad leave at 8.45 every morning and come home at 9 p.m. every day, Damn. Monday through Friday. I would hear his keys from the elevator. Mm. If, if I was coming in after him, I smelled him in the elevator because his cologne was so strong and expensive that I would smell him. Right. So I watched the structure and I seen that. And that was like the Truman Show for me, just watching my dad beat his fucking iron horse and bust his ass for the same fucking gig. Right. And and not even really feel appreciated because he would be so fucking grumpy sometimes when he came home. And now sometimes when I'm going through things and I'm fucking fighting the world, you know, and, and you come home and fucking. Yeah, you happen to see your kids. Obviously, you know, that's your fucking sanctuary when you walk when you walk in. But you are so annoyed from fighting all these fucking battles outside. Then when you come home and you see the slightest thing of bullshit or you ain't put the laundry away or or whatever, you already Damn. like, ah, because you're still on a hundred. Yeah. Right. So, you know, that's I watch my dad work and bust his ass the standard way that I'm like, fuck no. Mm. I'm not doing that. That's not what I want to do. You know what I mean? Like, I don't wanna, and, and my parents are great. You know what I mean? Like, and they have a, a son that's going to make sure that they're great if they're not great. You know, but I watch my parents bust their ass so much um, oh, at their older years in life, like doing a lot for less, right? That I don't want to do that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I didn't come from generational wealth. I'm creating that shit. You know what I mean? So, that was that was a lot of my fuel that you know a lot of people might not even understand because I want to give my kids something that I didn't have. Mm. You know, that's mm. pretty much the base of this whole shit. You know, so and that ties back into me not being a traditional dad because that's not a traditional thing in in my hemisphere. Like I never I never seen that from no any of my friends either. Like we're all of my friends right now, what we're doing, we're all um second generation you know we're, we're really first generation for generational wealth or at least what we attempting to do like none of us came from nepotism you know what i mean yeah. all of this came from us busting our ass and trying to create a way and thank god for the internet you know us being able to utilize this shit and knowing what, what it does the positive side of it you know is really helping us set the ground the groundwork for that shit too. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people take it for granted. You know what I mean? But this shit is a is a very important tool for the for the line of work that we do. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Even when it comes to this, you know what I mean? Like this is if you can monetize, then you fucking won. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's that's a check. A lot of people can't, and not just money, I'm talking about a check, like check in the box, because a lot of people can't execute. You know what I mean? And and we're living in the era of people executing and setting it up for the people after us to be able to execute. Mm. So that's my spiel, but that's where I'm at. I, I got a question about your parents. Um, it's rare to find parents in, you know, among people like us that are still together. Forget Five years, they're going on forty. Well, out of the forty, four of us, he's the oh no, you you no, not you either, Manny. Nah. So you're the only one, yeah, that has parents that are that together. has that example, right? So like out of us four, and, and I know you know Caribbean parents, like traditional parents, they 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 feel a way about a lot of shit, right? Especially like coming up, hip hop was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Why are you listening to this shit, right? I wonder how, and I, I feel like I read this somewhere. Your da- in your case, I think your dad put you on the rap, right? My dad put me on the music, okay. period. Because my dad always had, like, he was the fake DJ that was a DJ to me because he had all, <clears throat> all the techniques and oh, shit. all the fucking accessories and 
fucking crates and crates and crates of records, like expensive big ass speakers where he's just fucking just drowning my Saturday wrestling <laughs> or Marvin Gaye or like um Otis Redding. Like my dad is the reason that I picked the beats that I picked. Because a lot of the beats I picked was songs that he played when I was a kid mm. that I hated mm-hmm. because he was distracting me from what the fuck I wanted to watch and what I wanted to listen to. But when I started to love music, all of these songs, when I hear these songs, they bring me back to a warm place. Mm-hmm. Right. So my dad introduced me to soul just by just playing it. He don't even know, he didn't even know what he was doing. He was just right. fucking playing music. That was just, that was his therapy. Um, so I got into music from my dad. Rap, I think I introduced myself to rap. Mm. I got into rap from Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg was the first album, ironically, before I even, I hated weed, even in like in my early teenage years. When I named myself Smoke Dog. Yeah, Friday. Nothing to do with weed. <laughs> everything to do with Friday. Right. Mm-hmm. I love Chris Tucker's character in that movie. And um, in 96, when I watched that movie, that shit just, I don't know, his character was just so bright that it inspired me, right? So my friends used to be like, well, you call yourself smoking? You don't smoke no fucking weed, nigga. And I was like, well, I smoke MCs. <laughs> But, you know, later on in life, I got into weed. But that's a whole nother story. But I got into rap from Snoop Dogg, like, loving rap, like, Rex and Effects and, like, all, all that stupid shit, Rump Shaker, all that dumb shit, that era. And <laughs> Rump Shaker was an ill joint. That shit was kind of fire, son. That was my joint right there, man. I, I remember going to 125th, buying a $3 single. <laughs> yeah. That was from the hole in the wall. Um, and then... I started, I fell in love with rap when Life After Death came out. Mm. Life After Death is the album that made me smoke visit. Um, That taught me my rap patterns. That taught me bars. Um, rewriting Biggie's More Money, More Problems in a weird Al Yankovic style, because I used to love weird Al Yankovic. <laughs> like, that, this is when MTV videos um, rap videos will come on maybe every 15 minutes. So the only way you really, only way I got to see it was I would put the VHS in and this is the time where you could still record oh. on the TV when the TV is off. So mm. my mom didn't even know what I was doing. So if I had to go to school or we had a doctor's appointment, this would be the time that I get to shine because I know I'm going to come home a little early off the doctor and I'll be able to just fast forward and just find the gin and juice video. Cause I fucking loved gin and juice. Mm-hmm. I fucking love that, that song. And it's a classic record. It was everything for me. But anyway, um, Biggie and the weird Al Yankovic shit was how I started to write rhymes. And, um, you know, after Biggie died and Jay-Z started to take over, I became a super Jay-Z stand. And that gave me the technical <laughs> side of rap. And then Jay-Z led me into Big L, where I started to get into my hometown, like mm. Confessions of Fire. And, and I was a huge Mace fan. I used to see Mace when I used to fucking- Murder Mace. Murder Mace. You know, when Mace used to wear the jerseys with the fittings to match. You know what I mean? Like that shit, that, that was a certain kind of style in Harlem, Vance's, Ava Rex's you know, it was bright. That's what taught me my, that's what gave me my fashion sense, so to speak. Um, but I say all of those guys is what really turned me into rap and what really made me love rap and love bars and fucking all these metaphors and similes and double entendres and one thing meaning five different things. Like that shit really, you know, they opened up a different part of my brain to where I even started reading the dictionary just to just learn different words, like open the dictionary at any page and just read whatever fucking words is there and put them all in the raps. Wow. So you know, I, I learned what they meant and added them in regular conversations. Like I, I made myself smart after I dropped out of school by just fucking teaching myself 
but it was because of rap. You know, rap made me teach myself because I had to have something to talk about. I never wanted to be the guy that was just making my shit simple because I had no life. I didn't live or I didn't have no knowledge. My granddad, he was the reason, you know, I, it's crazy because my my early beginning of, of, of school was in private school and Catholic school. And then I went to public school a few years and then I started to find myself and I, school just wasn't interesting for me anymore. Um, and it broke my parents' heart and it broke my grandparents' heart because they put all this money and energy into me being, you know, um, successful in school. And I just pissed it off. I was just like, nah, whatever, this is just, I wasn't interested. Like, you know, I had certain teachers that I liked and that liked me that made learning fun and easy. And then I had teachers that didn't care once I got to public school. So, you know, once I decided that, you know, this is the route I want to take, nobody believed. They didn't believe until this. And and that's when it started to make, that's when they seen that it made me money. And this is fucking years after school was done. This is years after, you know, breaking their hearts and just, you know, kind of being a black sheep because it's like, all right, they didn't put me out and they did not love me any, any less, but it was just like, you know, you on your own. Like, I don't got it. <clears throat> Get a job. You know what I mean? Like, what are you doing? until they seen that that shit started to pan out. But um, wow. you know, my structure was, it, it's crazy from where, I, from where I was at to where I came and, where, and, and just how life panned out and how a lot of shit manifested in, into what it got into, but yeah. And now creating that generational wealth for your family and your kids. And as is fatherhoods, it's dinner time. Yeah, sir. <laughs> and I got to get the fuck out of Dodge. <laughs> You'll be in doghouse. <laughs> yeah, I'm always in doghouse. Every Drink Champs episode, the next day I'm in the doghouse. <laughs> yeah, I can only imagine. Well, look, I, I got my food in my bowl right here on the floor. <laughs> I got my little microwave dinner right here. <laughs> Yo, thanks for joining us, brother. I appreciate it. Um, and you're also welcome to come back anytime. Oh man, I love this. Just let me know. Let me know when I can get on. I'm, I'm here. This Always. is therapy for all of us. Yep. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yo, th- uh, yeah, man. Thank, thank, thank you for sharing, bro. There's, yeah. there's a lot of good jewels here for sure. Oh man, thanks for having me. Thanks for giving me the platform to share these things. Yeah, anytime, man. This is your home. Word. Word. Appreciate you. Hi, right, Playboy. Peace. Right. Later. Peace. Peace. Yo, be a father. If not, why bother, son? A boy can make him, but a man can raise one. Be your father to your child. Be your father to your child.